Okay, here we go again in our uh, series of podcasts on uh, uh, life in the late uh, 1940s, early 1950s in the Furnace Village, Eastern Furnace section of our hometown here. Uh, Still, some people refer to it as the good old days, but it wasn't all good. We have selective memories. I remember the uh, Saturday night bath where uh, Mom would take two or three kettles of uh, water off the uh, kerosene stove and nice and hot, put them in the tub, add a little cold water to it, and uh, and between that uh, Saturday night bath, there was a sponge bath with a face cloth, and that was it. Somehow we got by. But this week's a... Um, bit uh, is entitled uh, Life Around the Five Corners, kind of a general uh, piece, and it goes like this. The center of activity was Ed Roden's Sunoco gas station. Ed himself might have been described best as a taciturn Swede. The name Roden is pronounced just as I've said it, Roden in English, but is said as Rodin in Swedish, heavy set and slow-moving Ed was comparatively prosperous among the clientele at his small variety store that ran in conjunction with the gas business. He had a fine penny candy assortment and a nickel bought a huge candy bar. Baby Ruth, Snickers, Almond Joy, and Mounds were big sellers. People went around singing the Almond Joy jingle. Sometimes you feel like a nut and sometimes you don't. Almond Joy has nuts, Mounds don't. We sat around on Simpson's Spring wood bottle cases, no chairs for the clientele there, and shot the breeze while slowly downing a five-cent bottle of tonic. Coke and Pepsi were available, but Simpson's Spring, Orange Crush, and Yahoo Chocolate were the big sellers. You know that Moxie was big back then. The deposit on the small bottles was two cents in the large, the 28-ounce bottles, Brought five cent deposit. The full 28 ounce bottle cost 15 cents for the contents plus the deposit. The bottles were almost always returned and they were used over and over again. There were few returns to be found along street sides as those size deposits were real money at the time. All the young guys, myself included, did chores for Ed. We never were paid or even given a few tonic, a free tonic for our efforts. Ed was pretty tight with a dollar. He really had to go out to the gas pumps to dispense fuel. One of his minions did the pumping and adding oil. Most cars at that time burned some engine lubricating oil. A vehicle that went through a quad every 500 miles was not unusual. Engines needed to be rebuilt after 40,000 miles or so. At the close of business, the helpers would be tasked with filling the glass oil dispensers from a 55-gallon barrel. The barrel had a crank on its top that pumped the oil into tomorrow's supply. An oily rag was on hand to wipe the bottles somewhat clean. Ed sold bread by Gisty's Bakery out of Rhode Island. It was called Bunny Bread. There was white sliced and a wheat that was pretty much the same white bread with some food coloring added. It came in two halves, separately wrapped in a waxy sort of paper for freshness. The bread cost 12 cents a loaf. Ed sold canned goods from a shelf behind him. No one could pilfer from him that way. He let most of his customers run a weekly bill with him, and they paid up on Friday paydays. If one missed his weekly payment, he was shut off from credit. 
I'm so tough, and my guess is that Ed did not collect from everyone. Ed and Carrie Roden bought a new Ford car every year. It was a great occasion, as no one else had the wherewithal for such extravagance. The car always seemed to be dark blue and had four doors. The back seat was for the family dogs. Ed and Carrie were childless. The Ford was ordered to Ed's specifications, and we all knew the delivery date well in advance. That was, there was quite a bit of traffic at the store around the delivery day. Across the street was the Maplewood Garage under the aegis of uh, Charlie Barboza and Albert Nimai. Charlie had a personality near that of Ed Roden, but Al Nimai was an outgoing, gregarious soul, full of fun. He kept everyone smiling. This garage was the headquarters of Eastern Stock Car Racing aficionados, but that is the subject of another tale. Across the street from Rodens was the Frank Gracie farm. He had a dozen milking cows or so. The milk was all sold in the raw state locally, but the, that milk that went to a dairy processing plant might be pasteurized. The Gracie farm is the current location of Shaw's Plaza. The milk sold for 12 cents a quart, same as a loaf of bread. When my mum ran out of homemade bread, she'd send me with a quarter to get a loaf of bread, a quart of milk, and I'd have the penny for candy. Across from Gracie's was the Hackett household. Gary Hackett was a childhood chum. Later, he became my genealogist and did the paperwork that let me become a member of the Mayflower Society. Gary's first cousin, Robert, lived just behind Rodin's and was a mail carrier in Easton all his life. The Hanscom lived down Foundry Street a short ways where the dollar store is now. Their house later became a fine restaurant called the 1882 House. Alan Gordon, also known as Joe Bananas, everybody had a nickname, lived across from the Hanscoms. He was a big, good-natured young fellow, but the subject of some teasing because of his being slightly overweight. George Lilia lived in a rented house next to what is now the Foundry Restaurant. George and I were great friends all through the 12 years of the Eastern School System. The Leas later built a house off Highland Street. We lost George several years ago. I miss him.